Welcome to the Gill Seekers Podcast. Each week we'll bring you tips and techniques to land more rainbow trout here in BC's lakes and a few real tales from our weekend fishing trips. I'm Brent Borthistle. And I'm Brent Fukumoto. So grab a beer, a cup of Tim's, and let's bend those rods. Alright, welcome to another episode of the Gill Seekers Podcast. We're here at Seven Half Diamond Ranch, where we've just spent the day fishing Batstone Lake. Um, it's been a killer day. It's just an unbelievable property out here. And we have Jim O'Connor, who's the owner-operator of Seven Half Diamond Ranch here, and Kerry Parsons, who joined us for the day from Blackwater Guiding and helped us get into some really nice fish. So, uh, boys, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Great to have you guys here. Yeah, so, um, Jim, you're the owner-operator of Seven Half Diamond Ranch. Um, so how did you first get into this property? Were you looking around at multiple properties, or did you just see this one and know that it was the one? This actually was part of our bigger ranch, and uh, we sold it in 98. We actually came out of Saskatchewan in 1986 and ranched across the highway and uh, sold it in 98 and kept this side and just started building over here. Very cool. Um, did it, uh, so we just fished Batstone Lake here today. Did it always have stocked fish in it or was that something that you did yourself? Uh, no, it, it never had stocked fish in it. Uh, it was, uh, it wouldn't sustain fish. It's really rich in organic matter. So, uh, the fish really grow well, except for the, uh, winter kill in the winter time. So you have to aerate it to get the fish to make it through the winter. Uh, okay. So with the winter kill, maybe we can just elaborate a little bit more on that so why don't you run us through maybe the first kind of first issues you had with the winter kill and and then kind of how you uh, mitigated that problem sure uh like i stocked fish in it over this in the spring and they make it through the summer to the fall and uh, over the winter they would uh, find them dead in the spring so that happened for a couple years in a row and then i talked brian chan into who else would you phone but brian chan to (laughs) (laughs) to, uh, come out and uh Try to figure out what's wrong here. So he got me on the right aerators, and uh, by God, the next year uh, they made it through the winter. So then we were, we were on, a, there, on, a, hey? on the go, yes. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so when you guys first got this ranch, did you always say, okay, we want to create a fish, like a stock lake here and, and kind of create this guest ranch appeal? Or Well, we always talked about having a guest ranch. We had a cabin over at our old ranch at Pike Mountain, and uh, my wife would look after people coming from the coast. We've got people that have been coming out here for probably 17, 18 years now to Pike Mountain and to Seven Half Diamond. And so uh, the lake just, uh, we put fish in it, and, and uh, it actually just turned out to be the gem of the whole place. People, people will come, eh, with, with big fish in there. <laughs> they, they love big fish. What, uh, we, we asked Carrie this too. Kind of what's the farthest you've had a client come from? California. California. Yeah, and down eastern Canada. Holy. Yeah. And do they, so they, can they fly in and then do you guys, like, do a shuttle service for them? or? We've, uh, we've had people come in helicopters. Really? Yeah, fly into Kelowna and, and get heli- on a helicopter and, and come over and get guided, yeah. Jeez. Well, Alpine to... helicopters out of Kelowna brings people over here. And they just set her down right They set her down right beside the lake. Yeah. <laughs> That's a nice way yeah. to kill. We should have treated that... like that. Yeah, eh? we should have treated it by Actually, we had some people from Texas that did that. Really? Oh, wow. Well, you got a guy from Montana on the lake today, right? Right now, yes. Yeah. yeah. 
And they're they're up for ten days. You said uh, these people are out of Calgary, but they're oh, up for ten days. Are, yeah. uh, a couple out of out of uh, Montana for three or four days, I think. So, um, Jim, what has been the best part about living here? What do you enjoy most about life as the owner of Seven Half Diamond Ranch? Well, you sure don't do the same thing. Uh, there's always something to do here, uh, and you meet great people. We've met so many friends over the years that, uh, and they keep coming back, and that's great. We love that. Great. Um, maybe then with with Carrie here, could you guys maybe elaborate kind of on how you guys met? Like Carrie owns you own the neighboring ranch, Whispering Pines. It just naturally neighbor to neighbor got chatting. Or well, that's really weird. Actually, we bought the property, and I'm a city guy. I don't know anything about living in the country here, and. Uh, my brother and I are sitting on basically cardboard boxes in this little property next door that we bought, and there's a knock on the door. And it's this guy here introducing himself, and I had no idea this lake was even here. Not a clue. Um, so he introduced himself. Hi, I'm Jim, and, you know, I'm your neighbor. And just so you know, people are robbing everywhere in the mountain, so be aware. And that's how we met. Um, that's a sidebar to this story. But uh, so he said, you know, uh, come on over and check out the property one day. So I came over and I saw this saloon. I saw the lake and my jaw probably hit the floor. Oh my God. And then I find out it's a, you know, it's a beautiful pay lake. And once I fished it, I was sold, right? What a lake. And to live right next door to it, what better, right? And then on top of that, you know, three years ago, I got my guiding license, never having met this guy. I just knew I loved trout fishing and I wanted it to be my thing up here. It was almost like it was meant to be. Yeah, that's funny. So how often do you end up bringing clients to... Um, Batstone Lake. More and more all the time. Um, Jim hands me quite a bit too, which is awesome. Um, But, you know, just like as media travels, more and more every year, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Um, Most of my friends have all come and checked out the lake, so they pass on the word. And like I said in the last time, Facebook and pictures are great. They're awesome advertising. So as we go, it'll be more and more for sure. So out of all the lakes that you take your clients, I'm sure that this one is probably one of the favorites. Well, I'm kind of torn with that. And there's two reasons. A lot of people, their time off is limited. Uh, and a lot of people don't get to go out and fill their freezer with salmon or steelhead or anything. So a lot of people want to kill their fish. Uh, so that doesn't work here, right? Right. So my friends and clients that want to catch and take a picture of a fish, I bring them all here, of course. It's a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. But someone that wants to kill a trout, well, they got to go to one of the other lakes around here, obviously, right? Right. So what are the, the rules and regulations of this lake that you've set? Um, single barbless hook, I'm assuming. Yes, yeah, single barbless hook, um, catch and release, electric motors, uh, and soft catch and release nets too. Right. And good fish handling, handling ability. Yeah. It's, it's a it's a great. Just good, general good etiquette. Yeah, that's right. So Jim, why not uh, maybe run them through maybe what what they could experience here and all the facilities or activities that you have to offer. Well, we uh, I mean, there's lots of in in uh, April now. It seems like spring is getting earlier all the time, but uh, people were fishing the lake uh, beginning of April this year. Uh, so April and May, most of June is fishing, and then July, August comes into horseback riding and hiking. We also have people that just come and for rest and relaxation. And, and all the cabins have running water. Yeah, cabins are fully, yeah, uh, fully equipped with fridge stove, built-in microwaves. Uh, yeah, they're TV, flat screen TV. TV, yeah. yeah. So are you open 12 months out of the year? We are, yeah. We, we definitely are. Winter, winter time, is it mostly like like snowshoeing or do you get, we get like sledders coming up? We do. We get uh, snowshoeing, cross-country skiers, yeah, uh, cross-country sledders. Uh, some people that want to go to the groomed trails go up to the Cane Valley, which is not very far away, 20 minutes, and it's all groomed trails up there. 
And yesterday we had a bunch of the Cane Valley people who are biologists here that were uh, looking at the lake and looking at frogs. I think there was 30 of them for, from between Merritt and Princeton looking at frogs and, and garter snakes and counted 40 different kinds of birds on the ranch. And, Holy. You know, they were, yeah. They had I, a good time. I'd imagine that lake is like the ecology of that lake yeah. is just out of this world. I think Brian really. said it was 550 parts per million organic matter in it, so it's quite rich. Yeah. But again, that's why you have to aerate it in the wintertime. So how, do, how does that number of 500 parts per million, how does that compare to the rest of the lakes that we have around here? Well, uh, it, I think it depends on the lakes. Uh, you, this is a tea-colored lake, so it's dark, so the organic matter in it is really high. So every lake is different. I think, you know, some would be like maybe 200. I'm not sure. Yeah. The, the clarity of the lake today was, I thought was unbelievable compared to some of the lakes we've been fishing around Camelos. Does it... Normally, like springtime, does it does it turn over quite early because it is low elevation? It, this lake actually in springtime doesn't turn over very much no. because of the aerators running all winter. Right. It's actually pre-mixed already. Mm. So it, it'll have a slight turnover, but not very much. In the uh, fall, I get a regular turnover. Oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah, that, so that's one thing I guess would be awesome about this lake because you don't get that spring lag, two-week lag that no. all the other surroundings. That's lakes. right. And with it being aerated it's opened up fairly early compared to some of the other lakes that are a little bit higher. Well, yeah, just on that note, um, when I start, first started trout fishing, the, the kind of the golden rule for Chronomid was like third week of May, everybody starts, the May long weekend. Well, we were smashing them April 15th. Mm. Like that's a month earlier than normal. So me and my buddies got to beat the crap out of these trout for a month before anyone else even knew it was happening. So that was great. Hopefully no one else figures it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But see, because it's aerated, the warmer it gets, the bigger the aeration hole gets, right? Mm -hmm. And so then the waves start hitting it and whatever, and it starts opening up more and more and more. And it doesn't take long, guys. Well, that was like Morgan Lake, which is just outside of Camelot, and it's usually first, second lake around Camelot that that ice is off. Yeah. And I was there, and half of it was iced up, but it got windy. That thing iced off in half a day. Yeah. Yeah. Just blew itself right out, yeah. And it, it was sunny, so that helped, but... What usually happens here is the aerators are out in front of the dock, just at the drop-off. So it opens up bigger there all the time, and then that bay to the left opens up, yeah. uh, the bay to the right opens up, and then as the creek is flowing in, there's a big chunk at the end, and it just washes down and it's gone. Well, we were fishing then, like, the, it was almost all off. There was just the back end of the lake. Yeah. We fished it that day, and it was like there was, the lake was half ice. Two days later, it was all gone. Yeah. Really? Two days, yeah. yeah. Wow. Once that back bay opened up, it was over. Yeah, because the creek runs in where them logs are. Where, mm-hmm. yeah. oh, right. where that and then it just was back there. all that fresh water coming in. And... So that comes down. That's off the, the mountain. Yeah. Right? yeah, right. So so how much time, Jim, do you spend um, trying to figure out the science of this lake? i just trying to figure out the size of the fish, uh, how fat they are, the numbers I've put in there, and, and uh, work on it that way. It's a kind of a fine line of walk trying to have people catch fish. But you want to have them catch bigger fish or the opportunity to, so you don't want to overstock it. It's like a field. Mm-hmm. You don't want to overgraze it. Right. So it's kind of like that. Has that, the cattle experience, do you yeah. think, helped you? I, everything goes back to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. If you can grow cows, you can probably grow rainbows. Yeah, yeah. yeah. just a little different fence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, that's funny. funny. So, Kerry, um, do you mind just uh, walking through... Um, today, when we first got to the lake, you kind of gave us a quick rundown of the different areas that you can fish at Batstone. So for people that would like to come here, um, do you mind just doing the same for them? Not one bit. Um, I'll just go as if we're standing looking off the dock. Sure. 
Um, my favorite spot on the lake is right to the right there where I showed you. It drops off from five feet into about 18 feet. That's where I start my day every day. Um, but the fish in this lake, the, it drops from, you know, 15 into 33. So when they're going to feed, they're coming into all these shallows, and I showed you where they all are, right? So, you know, the the west end, we Jim calls it hog heaven. It's a 10-foot deep bowl right there. There's no weeds. It's prime, right? Yeah. So that's one of the great spots. And then if you go all the way around to the, I guess, the northeast end, where the bay where that floating dock was over there. Right, yeah. Um, that's all four feet deep consistent, and they feed like crazy in there too. Yeah. Neglected bay? Yeah, and then neglected babies to the left of the dock. Yeah. Um, I when I first started fishing this lake, you know, three years ago, I found I got all the two pound chromers in there. Right. And I, I honestly found that was the case. I would never get a wild strain, and they're all the the two you know we, the two year olders. We we did see some when we first, when we came out after lunch there. I seen I think three or four jump there, but yeah, n- nothing of like well for this lake crazy size but any other leg would be awesome but yeah and then i was confused i was like well how come nobody's down here and then that one that pontooner came kind of down and he was sitting in there but yeah so nobody really it gets neglected yeah. i have my favorite spots just because i've done my best on those spots right and i try to for me i'll try to work the wind so when you're stripping whatever it is you're stripping up rather than strip up the bank you strip the length of the drop off. Yeah. So you're pro- you're presenting to fish for your whole cast rather than 20 feet of your cast, right? So that'll determine where I fish on the lake that day. But the other factor on this lake is there's three different types of bottoms. You got your mud, which is in the middle, and then you got the marl, then you got that the reed grass, and then in Neglected Bay you saw there was a different type of weed in there that I don't know what it's called. And at any given time the fish are hatching or or feeding on any one of those bottoms, right? So you just got to kind of figure that out. And that's what determines where it is I'm going to fish on the lake. I, the coolest thing that, and that, like, because I've looked at, like, fish structure, and that always really interested me. And that where we were sitting at the end there, I think it was that kind of that grassy, grassy weed to that kind of rolling weed that there's pockets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you, you look over and you see one in the, in the yeah. little bowls, eh? Yeah. And so that was, I was trying to match my depth. Because I could tell when I'd hang up, but I wanted to just get it past there, so it just sit kind of right in that bowl. And I, I think on the chronometers this morning, that's where I was having good luck mm-hmm. with them. Well, good-ish luck. I found today second cast on when I changed flies, get a fish, and then it would kind of be off for a little bit. And I don't know, it was, it was weird. Almost every second or every second cast, I change. What I notice about this lake is. On any given spot, there's a certain amount of feeders that will be feeding in those spots. You'll get them right away. Yeah. So what I always like to do is I'll fish a spot for a bit, and you'll get those couple of few, or you know you can fish it all day if it's going off. But if it's not, Just you go move around, around, keep hitting all the spots because every spot has a couple feeders in it, right? Yeah. You can turn a day of two fish into twenty fish just by hitting those obvious biters that are there, right? Yeah. You got to keep moving around. Yeah, you have to find happy fish. Yeah. yeah. And we do have a map of the lake with all the shoals and depths. Yeah, yes. That would be cool to see. I haven't seen that. Is that on your website or do you just have that? We like just hand it out as it comes. Oh, it's on paper here? Yeah. Oh, it's very cool. And it tells you the type of weed that's on the lake as well. It's a, it's a, an informative map. Oh, very cool. Do you, you go ahead. Do, do you find, uh, like, like as the season goes on, do, do these fish kind of get a little bit more pickier as, as they get kind of more, not pressure, but they, they see more flies? throughout the year i'm sure they probably do they get um you know smarter as they go but yeah and then like i guess on that like how do when you stock it are you stocking it annually or kind of every second year i stock it in the fall right 
Yeah, with triplo- triploids, uh, usually between six and eight inches. How many triploids do you stock per year? I guess it varies every single year? It varies. I mean, some years I put in 1,200. Uh, like one year I put in 2,000. Uh, yeah, it depends on how, how, how I feel that uh, whether it needs it or not. Um, the thing that I've always wondered, especially when I look at a lake like this, and you've talked about Hog Heaven Bay and then Neglected Bay and yeah. how the two-pound fish were in there. Do fish actually um, hang out in certain areas depending on the size that they are? Because it seems like common sense would say that fish just swim everywhere and you're just kind of, if you fish a certain area... Is that only where the big fish are and then another area, or do you find that it's just kind of scattered throughout? I think they're all over. Uh, I know a fellow was here the other day, and he caught a really big fish on the other side of the island by the the other dock there. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think there's big fish all over. I'm pretty sure there's thousands of fish in this lake, but I think they're going to be where the bugs are hatching the most prolifically. But for the most part, as you guys know, temperature determines what's hatching on every given day, depth of water and the mud and the the structure and everything, right? That's where the fish are going to be is where what's hatching and they want to eat that day is where they're going to be. Yeah, and the little fish, when they're put in here, they have to get used to eating bugs Mm -hmm. because they're not used to that. So they have to go hunt and find, find some food. Maybe for like, so for clients coming up, uh, can you maybe talk about like kind of what, what kind of equipment uh, that you offer that they can, they can use or, or does it usually people bring their own stuff? People bring their own stuff. Uh, we just, we rent boats uh, and basically it's just standard 12 footers. They're 14 foot flat. Or 14 foot. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And, and rods, it's bring your own rods. Yes. Kind of yeah. Right. Yeah. But you supply motors, batteries. Yeah, we supply motors and batteries for the boats, and there's rod holders and anchors on both ends. And, and I'm sure if they wanted to to snag a rod or something, I mean, Carrie, do, when you guide, do you supply rods to people, or do they have to bring their own If rods? they want to use their own stuff, they're welcome to, yeah. but I have all top quality, many of the rods, so, you know, if there's four people that want to fish, I have the gear for them. Right, so and you're just next door, so easy peasy. Yeah, five minutes away. Um, so how, when uh, when you try to determine um, how many fish to put in this lake, what does that process look like? Do you um, take into account, um, do you kind of keep record of how many fish people are catching all year, or do you just look at the what the habitat is like in the lake at the end of the year? Uh, it's it's a, a guessing situation. Yeah, really. Uh, I don't know how many people are catching how many fish, uh, and so I just try to guess and, and uh, figure, well, you know, I'm, if they're catching lots of fish and the fish are looking good, maybe I'll put in a few less, or if they're catching not enough fish, then I'll put in more fish for next year. It's just... So what is the range of sizes in the lake right now? I think you said the smallest is kind of right around two to four. And then what's the biggest, do you think? Well, last fall would be, would be our smallest. We uh, stock it every fall and say eight inches going in there. Uh, they'd probably be 12 inches now. Yeah, they're all of that. Uh, so it's uh, June. And the biggest fish so far caught was 34 inches and about 15 pounds. Holy smokes. So they go from 2-4 all the way up to 15 pounds. Yeah. I'd say the average is about a 3-4 to four pounder, though. Yeah. That's a, a pretty fair assessment. Yeah, which is pretty, I mean, for all the great lakes that we have around here, to find a lake that averages 3-4 to four pounds is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, the org- organic matter in that lake is pretty good. So that's the main thing. There's lots of feed as you guys saw today yeah so if you're if you're a fly fisherman i think that this lake is definitely a must fish because once you come here you really you take one look at it and 
yeah it's instantly worth it yeah like for me like like jim like like i've been fishing since i think i started fishing when i was five and to come to this lake like unbelievable and especially since i've been fly fishing like people talk of these things and that and you know you hear about them kind of maybe down in montana and that stuff and and to have one kind of here in town i think it's one of the most incredible things that we could have and um i mean yeah it was to this morning when we first got out there we both were just speechless (laughs) thanks you guys there's a scene that uh my grandpa always talks about in the movie rudy where the dad grows up a notre dame fighting irish football fan his whole life never been to the stadium then the first time he walks into the stadium he says he just stands there speechless and he says this is the most beautiful thing these eyes have ever seen (laughs) so as a fly fisherman i think i could have said that about today (laughs) Um, yeah, so do you have any more? Yeah, um, so let's switch to the facilities that you have around the lake because I think we've talked about the lake enough for people oh, yeah, to understand yeah. um, that this is definitely a must fish lake. Um, all these guest houses that you have here, Jim, um, did you hire that out or did you, um, how did you build them, I guess? Well, basically, uh, we, I've got a sawmill and we just cut the wood off the property and uh, just built them ourselves so uh, the cabins are are basically wood off the property and uh, the saloon same thing uh, we just keep building uh, I enjoy building yeah. but it's so much more than that like look behind you guys he made all the stools yeah. um, wow. all the furniture in their house which you guys haven't seen is made by hand and it's spectacular if you were to wander through the cabins they're second to none it's as nice as you're gonna find anywhere mm-hmm. that's what I think that the touches of the especially of this saloon that you see like you know it's you don't get that's not like an ikea stool, no. right? <laughs> yeah. it's no. unbelievable and and yeah like all the, the, the that it comes from your property i think yeah. it's, it's pretty yeah. awesome well i tried to find some some stools that i thought would work but i couldn't find what i wanted so we just built it hey okay, yeah that's what you do right? yeah. <laughs> i'm a builder that's what i that's what i say to, to my girlfriend she goes well we could get this dresser and i said well I could just build you that dresser. <laughs> might as well just do that. Yeah. <laughs> might I, not. I, might not be as nice. I'd say uh, Fuchs dressers maybe look more like two by fours and screws. So if if someone wanted to come up here and, and experience this place, kind of how how would you say they go about that? Uh, the best way to do it would be to just look look at our website, right. uh, guestranchbc.com or Seven Half Diamond Ranch, and uh, you can look at the cabins on there and the accommodations. Uh, it's all on there, and they can and, book. And then they can book to there. Right. And do you guys? Would you say like if if someone really wants to come, like do you guys book up pretty quick? We do. Yeah, like, kind of got a book. A we year have lots advance. of bookings for like 2017 already. Really? Yeah. Wow. So so if I wanted to book this year, I would be out of luck. Pretty, pretty well. much. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They might. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome for fishing for sure. Yeah. yeah. That's unbelievable. I mean, there's yeah. dates in the fall that would definitely be available, but yeah. 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 So I guess for all the folks out there, if you wanna if you wanna come experience this, you better go online right after this yeah. and get yeah. into it yeah and on top of that too uh part of the quality and the lure of this lake is the fact that there's only what how many boats or rods a day allowed yeah we try to to do eight boats a day on the lake so right. how many times have you guys been on to roche or other lakes that there's 70 boats yeah and, and that's something that that it's another thing that i thought was so special at this lake because i like for me i have big anxiety when we go to lakes 
and it's all I can think about is oh, I just hope there's not too many people there and like it'll drive me nuts right till I get to that lake and and then so you know when you come here that you're gonna have you know spots to yourself and, yeah. and that's yeah like that's worth it just for me well you want to have people have a good experience mm-hmm. so they'll come back yeah and, for sure uh, so that's that's what we try to manage the lake and the place did, did that number did you guys just kind of pick that number day like that's kind of the best no we just picked that number just ourselves yeah. yeah yeah that's awesome especially for like this lake is a, is a good size and eight boats on it like i don't think we ever had well today i know we looked around and it's like man you could go there there like, yeah and you were booked out today right yeah there was like eight boats full. on the yeah. lake yeah, yeah that's awesome yeah two of them were ours yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah well awesome and then for those folks that uh that maybe they they really want to be sure that they have the best advantage possible not to guarantee that they'll catch the most fish out of the whole lake because i mean you can't really guarantee that but if you want to set yourself up for um your best um i guess possible chance of catching great fish is to Give Carrie Parsons a call at Blackwater Guiding, um, and where can people uh, where can people find you, Carrie? Just check out my website. Yep. It's there. It's easy to navigate through. Give me a call, and we'll post all these links on our website, um, and well, on our uh, in the podcast notes, so that um, when people are listening to this podcast, they can just click easy peasy. Um, yeah, you guys will be able to find it. Um, okay, Jim. So, kind of to wrap it up. Uh, we like to do get our guests to kind of do a, a real tale, and it's kind of something funny about fishing or some big adventure. So, and I'm sure you've had a few <laughs> adventures over the years. So, why don't you give us one of those if you, if you got one? There. Well, probably uh, I don't get down to fish as much as you would think. But uh, one day I was down at the dock in the evening, and uh, I was going to cast off the dock, and a, a good friend of ours from Kelowna was there, Chris Tanita, and he was in his belly boat fishing just not too far away and I started casting and and uh, there was a rise to my left so I just did my back cast and did my forward cast and as I did that some ducks flew over and I caught one of the ducks <laughs> and it took off with my line and my reel was going and Chris said I was taking my fishing to new heights yeah. <laughs> so that was uh, it's one of the stories that's, oh, that's, that's unbelievable. I can't say that I've ever come close to doing that you, um, you know it's funny is today you almost hit a swallow on your back oh, really? and I, my thought was I wonder if anyone's ever caught a bird like, <laughs> like I hooked a loon but to hit, hook, a, hook a duck yeah. Flight, uh, yeah. it's hard to even shoot them <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Jim, for having us out here today. We've, uh, yeah, we've had just an absolute highlight day, even though, um, the sun was a little bit warm, but all the, all the adversity that we were faced with today was just, I mean, uh, totally overshadowed by how cool this experience is. And, uh, yeah, and thanks, Carrie, for joining us out there and giving us some tips and helping us catch into um, get into some really nice fish today. Anytime, guys. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, great to have you.